Hello, I'm Quinn. And I'm Alex. And we're a couple, a couple of, of characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. And this is part one of a four-part series of episodes about the basics of D&D 5e. In this part, we're going to give an overview of role-playing games or RPGs in general, and then dig into the basics of 5th edition D&D. So Dungeons & Dragons, commonly referred to as D&D, is a tabletop role-playing game or RPG. In an RPG, you and your friends each make a character, which is just the person you're playing. And then the party, which is the group of characters you and your friends are playing. You work together to complete quests, solve puzzles, explore dungeons, and unravel mysteries. It's kind of like a video game, except you get to customize the person completely and play as them. Um, and the game is really open-ended. Yeah, so the first thing that every role-playing game will need is a game master or a GM. And in Dungeons & Dragons, these are referred to as Dungeon Masters or DMs. And what this person does is kind of they take control of the whole world and they control all of the non-player characters, so the NPCs, as well as monsters. Uh, they control the setting and what places you go, just basically everything. <laughs> yeah. And the overarching adventure that you plan is called a campaign. And the game doesn't really end, but the campaign you're playing in can end at any point. Wait, Quinn, did you win your last D&D session? No, I didn't. <laughs> because there's really no winning or losing in D&D. You only lose if you lose a fight. But, you know, things still happen and the story keeps progressing no matter what happens. And as long as everyone's having fun, everyone is won. Yeah, I mean, you can lose if your player character, the person that you are playing, dies, or if maybe some of your party members die. Right. It's, but... kind, of, it's kind of like life, in a way. Like, if you think about your day-to-day -day life, did you win yesterday? If you think you did, then good for you. <laughs> you definitely did, and I will not take that away from you. But in general, I don't think people think about winning day-to-day -day things. Yeah, so that's like generally what an rpg is so now we're going to talk about how to play an actual game of DD. &D. so when you're playing the dm usually starts by setting the scene which is just describing the environment and situation they basically just say where everyone is and what is around them then they usually say what do you do and the players describe what they want to do sometimes you're able to just do what you said but other times you need to roll a die to see what happens. And Alex will talk more about that in a second. For example, if you want to open a door and it is locked, you would have to roll a die to see if you can successfully pick the lock. Or if it was trapped, you might have to roll to see if you successfully dodged the trap. Then the DM narrates what happens as a result of those actions. Some tools that DMs might use include battle maps and tokens. Battle maps have little grids that you can draw on and lay out items on. And tokens can be miniature people or minis that look like your character or a monster, or you can just use coins or blocks. Basically, it's just something that represents an object or creature. And then these things help players visualize what's going on, though when we play, we use theater of the mind, which is just where you describe everything that's going on, since Alex is visually impaired and can't see the map anyways. Yeah, we just use the power of our imaginations and each other's descriptions to set the scenes. So now that we've talked about what an RPG is and the basics of how to play, we're going to talk about specific D&D 5e game mechanics. Yeah, so the first thing that we are going to need for D&D 5e is some dice. So the dice that we're going to talk about are going to be D, 
we'll say D and then uh, number and the number will be how many sides that dice has in most cases. So if I say a D20, then that would be a 20 sided dice. In fifth edition, the D20 is gonna be your main die that you roll and this will be used for attacks, um, saving throws, checks, you know, basically everything that you do is going to use a D20. And then the other dice that you can use is a D4, so that looks like a little pyramid, a D6, that's your normal, um, regular six-sided die. D yeah, whenever, when you think of a die, that's what a D6 is. And then there's D8, D10, D12, and then there is D100, and there's not actually a hundred-sided die. So what you use instead is a percentile die, which is a second D10 that has numbers like 10, 20, 30, 40, up to 90, and then it has a double zero. And to roll a D100, you roll the percentile die and the D10, and the percentile die will tell you your 10 spot, and the D10 will tell you the one spot. So if you roll a 9-0 on the percentile and a 7 on the other D10, you would get 97. And sometimes when you roll a die, you do so with advantage or disadvantage. And this depends on the circumstances around the roll. For instance, if you're trying to attack someone who's invisible, you would have disadvantage because you don't know exactly where they are. When you have advantage or disadvantage, you roll two d20s. You use the higher of the two if you have advantage and the lower of the two rolls if you have disadvantage. So the next thing we want to talk about is levels. So there are 20 levels in D&D that you can achieve. So normally you start out at level one and this is just your basic adventurer. And then through your experiences and um, encounters throughout playing the game, you will get experience points and that will be how you level up. So if you defeat some monsters, you'll probably get experience points. If you do a good encounter well, you might have your DM give you some experience points even if you don't fight. There's also a, another way that you can level up, which is like benchmark leveling. So when you do this, this kind of benchmark leveling up, what happens is the DM will have a goal in mind, and let's say that you want to fight a big boss, and you get to the end of a story arc and defeat this big boss, but you don't quite get enough experience points to level up, the DM might just say, well, you level up because you did this big thing. Yeah. And if you have more experience playing RPGs, the DM might have you start out at a higher level when you start playing instead of just starting at level one. Yeah, level one characters are very squishy. So when we say squishy, we mean they might die yes. <laughs> more easily. Whereas yes. like a level 20 character, it's going to be much harder to kill. Right. But it's also going to be a lot more rules for you to remember. That is true. Um, and the reason that a DM would have you start at a higher level is because they can throw more difficult challenges at the players, which is a lot of fun. Okay, so what makes up each character or monster in D&D is their set of six ability scores. So, Quinn, do you want to run us through what these six ability scores are? These abilities are strength, dexterity or dex, constitution or con, intelligence, int, wisdom, wiz, and charisma. Strength, dex, and con are the physical attributes and are more related to your body and how hardy and quick you are, whereas int, wisdom, and charisma are the mental attributes. Okay, so each ability score will be a number between 1 and 20. So an average human is going to have a 10 in each of these abilities. 
So a 10 in strength would mean that you are pretty average in strength. And what you're going to need from your ability scores are the ability score modifiers, which will you'll add to a lot of your rolls. So to calculate these modifiers, what you do is you subtract 10 from your number. So if you had a 12 in strength, you would subtract 10 from 12, and then you divide it by 2. So 12 minus 10 is 2. 2 divided by 2 is 1. So you would have a plus 1 in strength if you had a 12 for your ability score in strength. A right. plus 1 modifier. Right. And you can have a negative modifier. That's true. So if you had a 9 in strength and you did that same process, 9 minus 10 is negative 1. Divide that by 2, you get negative 1 half. And now we round down because in 5th edition you always round down. Yes. So then we would round down to negative 1. Right. And the different races or species you can play um, can also give you boost to these ability scores as well. And, and can even subtract sometimes. Yeah, some give you minuses. And those might be problematic, but they are what they are. <laughs> yeah. And each class or type of adventure has abilities listed in the book. And when we say the book, we're talking about the player's handbook or PHB that are more important for them. But you don't have to choose the best scores as recommended because we always think it's a lot of fun to have characters with negative attributes or unexpected ability scores because it gives you more room to role play yeah i i think it's always good to have at least one negative so that you really can kind of have a flaw that's given to you that you don't have to think about like if your charisma is nine or eight then you're like okay i'm not very good at interacting in social situations right i often put my foot in my mouth or rub people the wrong way right and we'll get into a little bit more right now what the abilities are and so that you know what we're talking about yes and all of these abilities except for constitution have associated skills as well which we'll mention when we're listing through them and we'll talk about what skills are used for later on yeah and when checks are rolled for these abilities you add the appropriate ability modifier to it so yeah, we're just going to give a quick summary of each ability before we move on. And each race in the PHB also gives a bonus to one or more of these ability scores. And you can find more information about that in the PHB. All right, so the first one is strength, which is a measure of your natural athleticism and bodily power. This is really important if you're playing a barbarian, a paladin, and some fighters. I would also even say some rangers. That's true. Some rangers, like if you're doing a... a... One that wants to go in melee, they might want strength instead of dex. This is true. The associated skill for strength is athletics. So the second ability score is dexterity or dex, and this measures your agility or how nimble you are. And the associated skills with this are acrobatics, which is like how well you can uh, tumble. There's sleight of hand, which is how quick fingered you are. This is used for like picking pockets or unlocking a door maybe. Um, and then stealth. So this will be used for hiding. Yes. And the classes that it's really important for are monks, rangers, rogues, and some fighters. But it's also used in determining your armor class or AC, which we'll talk more about in a little bit. Which everyone has. Mm -hmm. In 5th edition, dexterity might be the most important ability score besides whatever ability score your class wants. Yes. 
Though constitution is also very important yes. for having health. I, I do agree. <laughs> okay, let, so speaking of constitution, Gwen, what's, why don't you tell us about that? Sure. So constitution measures your health, stamina, your vital force. It's important for every class because it is used to determine your hit points, or HP, or how much health you have to lose before you go unconscious during a fight. And as we said earlier, it doesn't have any associated skills, but sometimes your DM may ask you to make a con-based skill check, like checking to see how long you can hold your breath underwater. Actually, that is true for every skill, is that you can do a like non-traditional skill check. So you could do like a charisma-based athletics check, I have no clue what the situation would be for that to come so up. So my guess is you're trying to like maybe show off to someone to show like I'm so Ooh. physically like look at my physical prowess. Oh yeah. So like maybe like a bodybuilder yeah. or like someone that's the straw man in a circus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, see, there you go. Another example of like even just like a normal just strength check would be like how far can you jump? Or how long can you swim before getting tired? Mm-hmm. Like, these are just other examples of things you might not necessarily think of right away. Yeah. Alex, what's our next one? The next ability score is intelligence. And this is going to measure your character's intelligence, obviously. Yeah. And when we the say... The mental faculties. And we, when we say intelligence in 5th edition, what we're really saying is, like, book smarts. And we'll get into street smarts in a second. Right. So the associated skills with intelligence are arcana, which is how much you know about magic. Investigation, which is like when you are trying to find a particular book or like studying in a library to figure out what information is within the books. History, which is your knowledge about the world's lore. Nature, which is how much you know about different animals and plants within the world. And religion. Yes. And religion is obviously how much you know about different religions. And then this um, intelligence is really important for wizards. And artificer, which we're not going to cover in this um, two-part thing, but that one's in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. It's not in the player's handbook. Correct. And then we have wisdom, which is your street smarts, which Alex was talking a little bit about earlier. It measures your awareness, intuition, and insight. This is really important for clerics and druids. And the associated skills are animal handling, which is like if you walk up to a horse, are you able to convince it that you can ride it? Like, you know, like to not spook the horse. Um, Insight, which is like, can you figure out what other people's intentions are? Yeah, see see if someone's lying. Yeah. Medicine, which is... um, just like it's you, used to help stabilize a creature which we'll talk about later yes perception which is just looking around you and seeing if you can notice things like your peripheral vision like if you're out and about walking can you hear if like a predator is going to come up to you and survival which is can you figure out what food is safe to eat or track something that you're following yeah and i would say that just one thing to note between investigation and perception, there's always, depending on your DM, there's going to be a lot of places where you could probably use either of them. But a lot of times perception is like a quick glance and investigation is a more thorough look at a particular thing. Yeah. And Alex, do you want to talk about the last of so our last six one abilities? Is, the last one is charisma. And 
or charisma, uh, if you want to say it wrong. <laughs> so charisma is basically your kind of presence within a room. It's how much people want to follow you and make you a leader. It's how well you are at articulating the things you are saying, things like that. And the associated skills with this one are going to be deception, which is, you know, trying to lie and convince someone that you're telling the truth. Performance, which is kind of like usually used for on stage performances, but it could be used in other situations. Like we talked about that strong man trying to bench press, you know, a thousand pounds. Yes, or that, even kind of playing yourself off as someone else. Yeah, that too. too. Then there's persuasion, which is trying to convince someone that you are, you know, you're trying to persuade them. <laughs> yeah. And intimid- and finally, intimidation, which I skipped alphabetically. But this intimidation is kind of like, can you frighten someone off or be like, hey, you don't want to mess with us because look how tough we are. Exactly. And, and what classes are is uh, charisma important for? Bards, sorcerers, and warlocks. Okay, so the next thing that we want to mention is one of the things that confused me the most when I was reading the PHP, and this is proficiency and your proficiency bonus. So what your proficiency is, it basically tells your character, or it gives you as the player, a set of things that you are proficient in. So basically you've trained with a longsword, then you might be proficient in a longsword. And the proficiencies will come from your class as well as your background. And sometimes your race as well. Yep. And so this is also where you pick up those skills that we talked about earlier. So if you are proficient in a skill, then you will add your proficiency bonus to any role using that skill. Right. In addition to the associated ability modifier. So like right. If I'm proficient in the athletic skill, I add my proficiency bonus and my strength modifier. And another thing to note is that your proficiency bonus increases as your character level increases. Yeah, so at levels 1 through 4, it'll be 2, and then at 5, it goes up to 3. And then by the time you're level, like, I think it's 17, you get up to plus 6 for your proficiency. Yes, which just means that, like, oh, as you've been adventuring more you're better at adventuring. Yep. And you're basically like, you know, if you're proficient with that longsword and you've been adventuring long enough to get to like level 20, then obviously you got better with that longsword. Yes. Oh, and another thing that it can be added to are tools. So oh, yep. if you're proficient in tools, which again, your class and background and sometimes your race as well can give you a tool proficiency or several. And you also get two saving throw proficiencies with each class yeah so basically what you need to know about proficiency bonus is that whenever you are proficient in something you get to add that extra bonus to that any rules that use that thing right whether it's a tool an attack roll a saving throw or a skill mm-hmm. that concludes part one of our four-part series about the basics of D 5e in part two we'll discuss combat We have some announcements! The online tabletop RPG community is wonderful, and we've been lucky enough to collaborate with some other TTRPG creators recently. Last week, I appeared on episode 18 of Chaotic Creations, another character creation podcast. 
It was a lot of fun to create a character with people just as passionate about tabletop gaming and character creation as we are. And I appeared on Three Black Halflings, episode 32, which is a show about diversity and inclusion at the table. They give a lot of great tips for dungeon masters and players, how to be more inclusive at your table. And we discussed how to include people with disabilities at your table with positive representations of them. Yes. You can find a link to both of those episodes in the show notes, and you should definitely check out their other episodes too because they're both great shows. For sure. You can find more information about our show at a acoupleofcharacterspodcast.com. Have ideas or feedback or need help creating your next character? Email us at acoupleofcharacterspod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Podcast. We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah, we love to see those five-star reviews. Helps us get to more people. You can tell a friend. But if you want to give a five-star review, we'll read on the show just like this one. Yes, we just got a five-star review from Lightbulb304 with the title, A Fun Listen. I always love tuning in on this podcast. It's so fun to see Quinn and Alex's creative and funny characters they make. Just makes my day smiley face. Well, guess what? That review makes our day. Yeah. We, yeah, we love hearing from you guys. Um, so please leave reviews, email us. You can reach out on Twitter and Instagram as well. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon donor. Just search a COC podcast. You can also support us by going to bookshop.org slash shop slash ACOC podcast and any books that you buy there with our affiliate link will give us 10% and you will also give 10% to a local bookstore of your choice. Yes, we also recommend seeking out black-owned bookstores because they really need our support. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex in Winterland. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NotADrQuim. Thanks for listening. Keep on rolling. second because last time I, I still i wasn't ready the second time either oh no 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 no! you weren't saying anything this is the lead oh, okay. into the outro okay then thank god i'm ready then yeah it's like you don't have to say anything <laughs>